This is episode 340 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's articles are Apple Cider Vinegar, Essential to Have in Your Health Preparedness Arsenal, and Waste Disposal and Latrine Building Off the Grid. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey, before we get started, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by my new ebook, The Preparedness Community's Guide to a Microbiz and Increasing Your Finances. If you'd like some more information, head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. There's a link in the show notes. Hey, a while back, uh, maybe about a week ago, I mentioned that it would be great to have a review on Stitcher, and you guys are great because you always, you, you, the audience always comes through, and so uh, I just want to send a, a big shout out to Eddie Z uh, because he did leave a review over at uh, on Stitcher, and uh, he says, probably the best daily prepping podcast out there. I truly enjoy listening to Todd's selected articles and his additional commentary on my ride into work. The articles and information given is always reliable and easy to digest. I am new to the, prepare, to, prepping, to the prepping scene, and these nuggets of information have been very helpful to me. I've had my wife listen to an episode or two in hopes she will slowly get the prepping bug to bite her also. So thank you, Todd, for everything you do for us. Uh, hey, thanks, Eddie. And uh, hopefully if your wife's listening, uh, you know, it's a little bit more difficult for women to, to kind of grab onto it. But uh, I'll tell you, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, kind of convinced my wife is when we sat down and we watched that that show on YouTube. Uh, I, you can get it on YouTube. And uh, I mentioned it before. I think it was a Discovery Channel docudrama after Armageddon. And it just kind of, you know, just it, it really laid it out there how fragile our world is and how easily things can uh, just kind of spiral out of control. And so that kind of got her on, uh, you know, on the on the track there. But uh, I, Eddie, again, I appreciate you uh, dropping that review on Stitcher. And, uh, you know, if anybody else is listening on Stitcher and you like to do that, uh, drop the reviews. I really do appreciate it. Uh, it means a whole lot. And those of you who drop them on iTunes as well, um, that's always, uh, you know, when people look for podcasts to listen to, I mean, not only does it affect the, the algorithms, but when people look at podcasts, I mean, they're going to read the reviews and they're going to, you know, what are other people saying about it? And uh, that just means a lot, you know, when you're when you're looking for something uh, good to listen to. So, uh, guys, I just really do appreciate that. So let's go ahead and get into our first article of the podcast. This one is one of those that it is no matter where you are, no matter where you are in your preparedness. I think this is a very beneficial article for you and. I think the health benefits that you derive from drinking apple cider vinegar or the the tabs, uh, I take the capsules, uh, order them off of Amazon, but uh, I think they're very real and they're very worthwhile. And so uh, hopefully you will, I mean, sometimes you might hear a title of one of the articles and like, yeah, that's not really for me. I think this one's for everyone. So hopefully you'll listen to it. And uh, it's a little bit of a longer article. I think there's about 11 things that they talk about here in this article. And they go into a little bit of depth in some of these. So uh, definitely worth your while to listen to. So let's go ahead and get started. 
If you are paying attention to trends, you may have noticed that apple cider vinegar is quickly becoming a trendy home remedy, even though it has been a staple home remedy for a long time. It's being rediscovered. The use of apple cider vinegar has been lauded for well over two centuries and perhaps longer for its impressive antiseptic and antioxidant abilities. When the availability of common commodities slows down or ceases completely, this one simple inexpensive stash will serve you well in a variety of ways. Apple cider vinegar or ACV can take the place of a whole closet full of other products and is more economical than the products it replaces. It is a powerful natural remedy in several situations and is extremely versatile. In this article, I have only included the use that meets two criteria. One, there is some scientific evidence for its use. And number two, I have had personal success using it as a particular remedy. There are books written on other uses and I am sure many of them work. I am limited by time and space, so I've included only 12 applications. We will touch on a few amazing things that apple cider vinegar can do better and cheaper than the higher price products and without the side effects of certain over-the-counter or prescription options. Apple cider vinegar is the most popular type of vinegar in the natural health community. It is claimed to lead to all sorts of benefits, many of which are supported by science. This includes reduced bad cholesterol, lower blood sugar levels, indigestion relief, staving off infections, and improved symptoms of diabetes. So because of its usefulness and availability in the 18th and 19th century, apple cider vinegar and apple cider I'm sorry, apple cider and apple cider vinegar became a common unit of exchange, especially in rural areas where currency was relatively scarce. It's no wonder then that many farmers produced more apple cider and apple cider vinegar than they needed for their family's use alone. Records show they used the extra to pay for local services such, such as those provided by doctors, teachers, and the clergy. This is why I keep extra quart-sized bottles of it on hand for bartering purposes. I also keep a short list of what it can be used for so that the list can become a convincer of sorts that this barter item that I am perhaps maybe sort of willing to consider trading is a good deal for the other person. When bartering, it's usually not a good idea to show your need for their barter item with too much enthusiasm. There are at least four good reasons to store apple cider vinegar in preparation for barter. It's readily available, it's a reasonable cost, it takes up relatively little storage space, and it has a wide variety of uses. So, the pioneers. I think it was in Laura Ingalls Wilder's Little House book, perhaps on the banks of Plum, Plum Creek, that lemonade was served to the field hands. But think about that for a second. They were poor, living in the Midwest, far away from cities. Produce was not shipped in like it is today. Since Laura and many pioneers were in the North and the West, they certainly didn't have ready access to lemons. And if they miraculously acquired some, they were unlikely to share those few with laborers who were helping to get the hay into the barns. So if it wasn't lemonade, what was it? Since pioneers were more likely to have apple trees than lemon trees, it is a good probability that the pioneers used apple cider vinegar for their lemonade. Both apples and lemons contain good quantities of vitamin C and would stave off scurvy as well, so apples were a good choice and they were plentiful. We know that during the labor-intensive haying and harvesting season, 
American farmers in the 18th and 19th century would drink apple cider vinegar diluted with water as a refreshing and energizing tonic. Switchel. At times, the vinegar was diluted with fruit juice and the drink came to be known as Switchel. Other recipes for Switchel contain ginger, in fact. I think the ginger water drink was the most universal recipe used to make Switchels. It contained only water, ginger, and some form of sweetener. If it was available, usually molasses or honey, since sugar was often in short supply. My grandmother made hers with molasses, or if they happened to find a bee tree that year, then fresh raw honey was the sweetener of choice. Recently, my daughter noticed an ACV blend drink on the grocery shelf. I'm sure it was more expensive than simply making your own ACV drink by the pitcher for a cool, refreshing summer sipper. I'm happy it is making a comeback. Save the expense and make your own switchel by the pitcherful. So here's a, uh, a recipe for Pioneer's Lemonade. It's 1 to 2 tablespoons of apple cider vinegar, 16 to 24 ounces of water, 2 tablespoons of sugar or honey to taste. If you use unsulfured molasses as the sweetener, you're then adding some iron, making this drink even more of a healthful tonic. Mix all the ingredients together well, chill, and enjoy. Cost about 20 cents. Drink all ACV drinks either cold or at room temperature since heating kills the good bacteria and digestive enzymes. I usually add a few slices of raw ginger root in a cup of simmering water in a pot, then allow it to cool and only then do I add the ACV and sweetener. It is perfectly fine to leave out the sweetener if you would like. I have a friend who prefers it that way. My favorite way is to use pure maple syrup or molasses. So what is the mother? It's that slimy looking thing in the vinegar that makes one take a second look. Or it can just cause the bottle of the jar to appear to have cloudy sediments in the bottom. If you're not familiar with it, you may be tempted to throw the whole bottle away. Don't. The non-distilled cider is exposed to air and a group of bacteria, induces a chemical change that converts the alcohols into acetic acid. The mother is a wonderful beneficial live microbial bonanza. If you take a closer look at the murky bottom of a bottle of ACV, you can sometimes observe strands of what appears to be fibers. These are colonies of healing bacterial organisms. So if you are looking for ACV for medicinal uses, Make sure it has a mother. So here are some medicinal uses. Number one, use against food poisoning. Let me begin by sharing an incident that happened just last month. I was away from home for the day. Food in a fridge for husband. I returned and the food I had prepared for him was still there. Me, honey, what did you have for dinner? The hubby. I don't know what it was. There is some left though. Here it is. Me. After lightly sniffing the contents and wondering how on earth it could have gotten past his nose, let alone chewed and swallowed, how was he still standing? This is bad, really bad. This is going to make you so, so sick. Hubby, my stomach does feel a little queasy. I wondered what to do and remember that ACV in a strong dose is supposed to stop food poisoning in its track if caught early enough. Worth a try, I gave him two tablespoons and half a cup of water, drinking it down all at once. Fifteen minutes later, we repeated the dose. Two hours later, another dose. That was it. I had thought he was in for a night of misery, but he slept like a baby. We repeated a more diluted dose of one tablespoon of ACV to eight ounces of water in the morning just for good measure. 
he never developed much more than the original queasiness. So that is my own experience for the use of ACV as a food poisoning reversal agent. I was pretty impressed. Now, that's a strong dose and not the strength I'd suggest on a regular basis. But for the purpose of quickly attacking the microbes that usually cause food poisoning, I decided that it was worth the small risk. If you've ever had food poisoning, I think you'd quickly agree to give it a try. Number two, as a hair rinse. Ratio is about two parts of water to one part of ACV. Mix and pour out, pour over freshly shampooed and conditioned hair. It acts as a clarifying agent, removing any shampoo residue and makes the hair shiny. The odor of vinegar does not linger. I don't measure so the ratio is not exact. An added benefit is that it invigorates the scalp and helps with dandruff if that is a concern. Apple cider vinegar does not alter the pH of the scalp. Keep it out of your eyes. Number three, indigestion. Real apple cider vinegar with the mother acts as a natural prebiotic and helps stimulate the growth of good bacteria in the digestive tract. Raw ACV is brimming with digestive enzymes needed for proper gut function. The role of digestive enzymes is to break down food-derived fats, carbohydrates, and proteins into smaller substances that our bodies can use. Although the body produces its own enzymes, it may not be enough to completely break down cooked or processed foods. Most people don't eat enough raw vegetables to promote an increase in digestive enzymes. We would all be better off hiding from fast foods, modified or heavily processed foods, or genetically modified foods as they do not provide the components our gut must have in order to thrive and serve as well. This, there is a common misconception that ACV has a lot of probiotics. What it actually has is loads of prebiotics which encourage healthy digestion and causes more growth of healthy gut flora or bacteria. That's a good thing. Drinking raw, unpasteurized apple cider vinegar in water can help to naturally improve digestion. Take a tablespoon or a little less of ACV in a big glass of water around 30 minutes before a meal to stimulate digestive juices for better breakdown of your food. The pectin from the apple acts as a binder to products in us that the body wants to get rid of like toxins, extra cholesterol, and harmful bacteria. When the pectin binds to those unwanted substances, it carries them out of our body via the bowels. That's an even better thing. The takeaway, eat more raw foods and drink 8 ounces of good water mixed with about 1 tablespoon of ACV 30 minutes before each meal. Eat smaller, healthier meals. You may find the bloating and upper abdominal fullness is a thing of the past. Number four, diarrhea. Apple cider vinegar can speed up the recovery from a bout of diarrhea. Slowly sip one to two tablespoons of ACV in eight ounces of water. Diarrhea is not a disease, but it's a symptom that something is wrong, and if left untreated, dehydration can occur. Make sure to drink water or electrolyte replacement if possible. Eat a banana if possible since it can replenish potassium that is being lost. There are several causes for diarrhea. If it persists or if it happens frequently, it is important to see a doctor to discover the root cause. During a crisis, dealing with this symptom would most likely be difficult and cause other concerns. Use your imagination here. It could slow you down if you were bugging out or found yourself in any stressful emergency situation. Apple cider vinegar contains an antibiotic property. It helps to cure diarrhea by killing the diarrhea-causing organisms in the intestine. 
As mentioned earlier, it has pectin, which thickens the stool and forms a protective layer to soothe the irritated lining of the colon, and it soothes intestinal spasms and the irritated stomach, which can be the cause of much discomfort. There are several causes for diarrhea. If it persists or if it happens frequently, it is important to see a doctor to discover the root cause. Carrying a small bottle of ACV in your go bag and having one at home might be worth consideration. As we look at the histories of war, we realize that it is often the various forms of severe digestive upset that can be the real killer. Simply keeping a supply of inexpensive raw apple cider vinegar on hand could literally be a lifesaver. Number five, it lowers blood sugar levels. Finding something that will control blood sugar levels when insulin is not available is a life and death search for many people. There are mixed findings on the efficacy of apple cider vinegar on blood sugar levels. After reading through quite a few studies, it is my opinion that ACV may help type 2 diabetes, but cautions must be used. There are credible small studies available, and I have included a few here if you want to read the findings. They look especially promising for pre-diabetics and insulin-resistant individuals or for type 2 diabetics that are controlled by diet only. It is useful in reducing the number of blood sugar spikes and dips. Caution. Do not take if you have type 1 diabetes because ACV has been shown to delay stomach emptying and so may make blood sugar control more difficult for people with type 1 diabetes. It may also worsen symptoms of the dangerous condition of gastroparesis in type 1 individuals. I would suggest reading the four studies below if you have further interest. As with any natural remedy, use caution and discuss your option with your doctor. So there's uh, four sightings there uh, that you can go and you can go uh, look up. And uh, one, one, there is a link here for you. Okay, so Healthline Newsletter has this to say. High blood sugar can also be a problem in people who don't have diabetes. It is believed to be a major cause of aging and various chronic diseases. Pretty much everyone should benefit from keeping their blood sugar level in the normal range. The most effective and healthiest way to do that is to avoid refined carbs and sugar, but apple cider vinegar may also have a powerful effect. Vinegar has been shown to have numerous benefits for blood sugar and insulin levels. It improves insulin sensitivity during a high-carb meal by 19-34% to and significantly lowers blood sugar and insulin responses. It reduces blood sugar by 34% after eating 50 grams of white bread. Two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar before bedtime can reduce fasting blood sugar in the morning by 4%. Numerous other studies in humans show that vinegar can improve insulin function and lower blood sugar levels after meals. For these reasons, vinegar can be useful for people with diabetes, pre-diabetes, or those who want to keep their blood sugar levels low for other reasons. Apple cider vinegar has shown promise in improving insulin sensitivity and helping low blood sugar responses after meals. If you are currently taking blood sugar lowering medications, check with your doctor before increasing your intake of any type of vinegar. Warning, this might be a good place to offer a caution or two. Apple cider vinegar should never be ingested without first being diluted either with water or juice. Drinking ACV could damage tooth enamel even when diluted. There are two ways to overcome this issue. First, just rinse your mouth with a little plain water after drinking a glass of any ACV concoction. Second, use a straw when drinking so there will be less vinegar contact with your teeth. If you have a sensitive stomach and you feel that perhaps you should not try this, don't. 
It may give you heartburn or upset that last for hours. If you would like to give it a try, start by adding a lesser amount of a larger in a, for a larger dilution. Just a scant teaspoon of ACV to a large 16-ounce glass of water to start. A lot of folks who read about the many benefits of ACV often overdo it and think that if a little is good, then more is better. This can lead to problems. Follow the recommended amount of use less if you feel that it is best for you. Keep in mind that apple cider vinegar is acidic. Even though when ingested it acts like an alkalizing agent, if you ever find yourself in a situation where you consume too much of it, drink plenty of water to dilute the initial acidity. Most people should not have a problem with ACV if staying inside the recommended dose. If you have concerns or any doubts, you might want to contact your doctor or health practitioner. By following the guidelines given here, you can enjoy the many established health benefits of apple cider vinegar. Despite being acidic outside the body, ACV, like lemon water, is recognized as an alkalizing drink, which reduces acidosis in the body. Though acidic, ACV promotes an alkaline environment inside your body due to how ACV is broken down and digested. It's sim- quite similar to how lemon juice actually deacidifies your body. Many viruses and bacteria are unable to live in an alkaline environment, and if your body is too acidic, it takes calcium in an attempt to become alkaline. This leaching of calcium can lead to a loss of bone density and osteoporosis. Many people enjoy better health after switching to a more alkalizing diet. It's definitely worth a try. Now, back to the rest of our medical uses. Number six is constipation. Medication for constipation is the most frequently purchased over-the-counter medicine in the United States. What does that say about our eating habits? We eat too much and drink too little water. The result can be a slow poisoning of the body. An occasional bout of constipation is not cause for concern, but chronic constipation usually takes years of digestive abuse and often, if not addressed, becomes the root cause of other concerns like rheumatoid arthritis, colitis, fatigue, and many other maladies resulting from a buildup of toxins in the body over a period of time. These serious health problems can result in our more self-reliant in this area. So what can we do? The first action is to reevaluate lifestyle and behaviors. Decide what changes in behaviors are needed. Ask yourself, do I eat too much, too poorly, too fast? Am I too sedentary, too couch potato? Am I drinking too little? Do I take time for prayer and meditation that helps decrease my stress? Even one change in any of these areas mentioned could start a chain reaction that could change the trajectory of your health. No matter what the state of your bowel health at this minute, any of the changes mentioned would be a positive move in the right direction. An ACV treatment. Occasional constipation can be helped by drinking that same mixture of one tablespoon of ACV in eight ounces of good water two times a day. With each glass, relax your body, lower your shoulders, and take some deep breaths. Yet again, I'll point out that apple cider vinegar contains pectin as well-known natural fiber, which adds to its effectiveness. The evidence shows that ACV can be beneficial, but don't overdo it. If you drink too much at one time, it may actually cause diarrhea. If taken undiluted, the apple cider vinegar may pull water out of the body into the bowel, making the stool more watery, so as I mentioned earlier. So don't use it undiluted. If you find yourself without ACV, try 8 to 12 ounces of warm hot water with a little lemon in the morning if you need it. Not only does it assist the body in elimination efforts, but it can serve as a detoxifier. 
Stay hydrated and eat green veggies and fibrous fruits and nuts. And as mentioned above, reevaluate and perhaps make some lifestyle adjustments. That's the best defense against sluggish digestion and poor elimination. Eat a good whole food diet as far as possible. Chronic constipation needs a medical consult. So if this is a problem, don't wait long to see a doctor as there could be serious problems. Apple cider vinegar contains more potassium than sodium. If you are on a strict potassium restricted diet, it is suggested that you see your doctor or dietitian before using ACV. Bragg's apple cider vinegar, the most popular brand on the market, has 11 milligrams of potassium per tablespoon. That's not much compared to 487 milligrams of potassium in a banana. But the potassium-sodium ratio might be a concern for someone who is on a potassium-sparing restricted diet. All right, so number seven is wound cleaning and infection control. Here's where the rubber meets the road, medically speaking, for a prepper. Without outside medical help, a small insignificant abrasion or any break in the skin that goes without proper treatment is potentially dangerous. The same goes for internal infections. ACV helps to fight infection by the presence of high levels of CE and CEA and B vitamins, as well as antioxidants, carotene, and bioflavonoids. These all assist the immune system in tackling the infection. Similar to using raw honey, apple cider vinegar helps in wound healing by preventing or reducing the spread of bacteria. Honey does the same thing, but it has the added benefit of being a pain reducer and a band-aid by keeping the wound clean. So keeping honey on hand is a good idea too. Healthline newsletter says the main substance in vinegar, acetic acid, can kill harmful bacteria or prevent them from multiplying. It has a history of use as a disinfectant and natural preservative. D.C. Jarvis, a pioneer. Back in the late 1960s, I came across a paperback book called Folk Medicine, A Vermont Doctor's Guide to Good Health by D.C. Jarvis. Although there was not a lot of science behind it in 1958 when it was written, there is much in the book which now has some scientific evidence to back up some of its claims. Dr. Jarvis's book was the modern jumpstart for a new look at apple cider vinegar and honey. The book was still in print in 2002 and was on the New York Times bestseller list for two years. Number eight is mouth care. Since ACV has antibacterial properties, it stands to reason that it would help to eliminate bacteria in the mouth. Make a mixture of three parts of water to one part apple cider vinegar. Vigorously swish it around in your mouth. Do a little gargle and spit it out. Then to avoid damage to tooth enamel, rinse mouth well with plain water. Number nine is strengthen your immune system. Your intestinal flora is a big part of your body's immune system. It makes sense then that improving the conditions for the growth of friendly bacteria with apple cider vinegar can help improve your overall immunity. The malic acid in ACV is also a strong antiviral, perhaps one of the reasons people often say they experience fewer colds when they take apple cider vinegar and water daily. There are two basic kinds of apple cider vinegar available on the market unfiltered and unpasteurized or raw and pasteurized. Pasteurized apple cider vinegar has gone through processing to remove any sediment and bacteria in the vinegar. Unfiltered or unpasteurized apple cider vinegar does not undergo additional filtration or pasteurization. Raw and unfiltered apple cider vinegar is said to benefit your lymphatic system by helping to cleanse lymph nodes and break up mucus in the body. Over time, this can relieve sinus congestion, reduce colds, and alleviate allergies. 
According to some animal studies published in PubMed, it has been shown that apple cider vinegar may lower high blood pressure, and there are many reports in online forums of successful using it for this purpose. It's possible that ACV increases nitric oxide production that helps relax blood vessels, or it may just have a generally beneficial effect on your cardiovascular system that over time naturally results in a lowering of high blood pressure. This is the upshot of the study to clarify the possibility of a preventative effect of dietary vinegar on blood pressure, long-term administration of vinegar or the acetic acid to SHR was examined. As a result, it was observed that acetic acid itself, the main component of vinegar, significantly reduces both blood pressure and renin activity compared to controls given no acetic acid or vinegar as well as vinegar. All right, so guys, we jumped from number nine, boosting your immune system, to number ten, um, going to the uh, going to the lowering your your blood pressure there, uh, and so there's just not a number ten, and so that was one of the things in the comments. Someone said you forgot number ten, but anyway, so you go from you know strengthening your immune system there to um, you know boosting your um, boosting your blood pressure or helping you or lower your your high blood pressure there. So uh, that's number ten. Uh, number 11 is lowering cholesterol. Prescription drugs like Lipitor, Lovastatin, Crestor, Zocar, etc. have negative side effects and low cholesterol diets can be difficult for many people to follow. The side effects of the prescription medications can include muscle pain, digestive problems, possible li- liver damage, and mental fuzziness up to and including transient global amnesia. I would recommend reading this book if you are considering taking statin drugs. Statin Drug Side Effects and the Misguided War on Cholesterol. It tells the story about how Dr. Duane Graveline, the author, discovered that his experience with transient global amnesia was attributable to the statin drug Lipitor, the only drug he was taking at the time, and how he brought this side effect of statin drugs into the public consciousness with the publication of a letter, which generated hundreds more letters from patients who had similar experiences with statin drugs. Apple cider vinegar, on the other hand, doesn't have the negative side effects and, if taken correctly, has shown positive results. Pectin is in both apple, apples and apple cider vinegar and LDL, the bad cholesterol, attaches itself to the pectin, which is a fiber and the excess cholesterol is eliminated without the dangerous side effects. Apple cider vinegar can be used to lower cholesterol if it is the result of poor diet or genetic predisposition. Talk with your doctor about trying this more natural way of controlling your cholesterol. A good approach to test the effectiveness of apple cider vinegar would be to do a baseline lipid profile or a fasting blood test, then begin your ACV regimen for three months. Have the lipid profile repeated at the end of that time, and if the numbers are improving, keep taking the ACV for another three to four months to determine if your lipid numbers are continuing to improve. This can be a much safer option in addressing blood lipid or fat concerns. In May 2005, the Japanese Society of Nutrition and Food Science determined that two to three tablespoons of ACV per day will maximize the cholesterol-lowering benefits. You can ingest it by making an ACV dressing to put over a salad, a marinade made with unfiltered ACV works too, and of course making a tonic drink as I've mentioned earlier. You can vary the modes of ingestion to whatever works for you. ACV is also available in pill form. Personally, I don't feel this is as effective as taking it in the liquid form, but it might be a good option when traveling or when carrying the liquid might not be desirable. 
Of course, the pill option would be a good storage item and would be good in a go or get home bag. If you decide to take apple cider vinegar in tablet form, be sure to buy one from a reputable manufacturer to ensure the efficacy and integrity of the acidic acid and pectin, which are the cholesterol-lowering compounds. And then number 12 is the energy boost. Apple cider vinegar contains potassium. This is an essential mineral for your body. It is responsible for giving you an energy jolt. It also helps fine-tune muscle control in your sense of touch. Without enough potassium, you get muscle twitches and cramps. In a study with rats, acidic acid boosts glycogen repletion in skeletal muscles. This means that acid helps your muscles turn carbs into energy, and this will definitely give you more fuel for your daily fuel, especially during any stressful situation. So final thoughts. This article covers only 12 of the many and varied uses of apple cider vinegar. If there is something that has sparked your interest, give it a try. I would be interested in hearing how you have used ACV and if it was effective for your chosen purpose. As we move into the summer months, the Switchel recipe mentioned could be a tasty way of offering a mild but effective health-promoting drink to friends and family. If you have any of the health conditions mentioned, now is a good time to test out how it might work for you in case you, at some point, no longer have access to medical help. Keep in mind that your doctor can monitor these changes to make sure all is well, especially with any of the serious medical conditions we've talked about. It is well worth the pennies per dose to have a few bottles of ACV set aside in your preps to help you be better prepared to meet medical needs and perhaps save a life. Have you included raw apple cider vinegar as part of your medical self-reliance plans? Blessings, Donna. All right, guys. So uh, there you go. And uh, there are some comments here. People mentioned, uh, in fact, there was one person here who mentioned about the, um, the food poisoning thing. And, uh, you know, that it worked, definitely worked for him. But anyway, I'm not going to do a lot of uh, extra commentary on this because this is a long article, a lot of good stuff. Maybe one of those that you might want to print out uh, for future reference. And, uh, you know, over at Backdoor Survival, there's a lot of other links that are, you know, you're able to click in uh, to it, uh, click, you know, or bounce off of this article into other links is what I'm trying to say. But uh, good information here, and I, hopefully you see the benefit of hap- having it. Uh, you know, having a little bit of uh, apple cider vinegar with a little bit of water, and uh, you know, making that tonic. Uh, I I do d- drink a tonic of my own, not with a- apple cider vinegar, but with lemons and and uh, turmeric and and um, honey, and uh, and do that. Uh, actually, I kind of ran out. I need to make some more, but uh, I normally do that on a regular basis. But uh, definitely, I do take the apple cider vinegar tabs and um, or capsules, actually, not the tabs, the capsules. And uh, it is, you know, I buy those off of Amazon and it looks like, um, you know, the, the reviews are highly, uh, I mean, I've been taking it for a while. So the, the, it always has high reviews. I mean, normally when I buy something from, off of Amazon, it usually has a, a lot of high reviews. So anyway, uh, if you want to take it that way, if the vinegar taste is just too much for you, you can try it. But anyway, um, definitely go check this out. Like always, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to link it, link to it in the show notes. And so you can go check this one out. And uh, like I said, maybe print this one out for yourself. All right. So our next article comes to us from PreppersWill.com. And uh, this article is entitled Waste Disposal and Latrine Building Off the Grid. So uh, this is not a very long article, uh, but one to, uh, to, to think about. Because if we ever catch ourselves in a situation where... Um, just our utilities are 
basically being turned off because we are in a poop at the fan situation or not necessarily being turned off, but they are not running anymore. Um, this is something that you're going to have to really take seriously. And those people that are bugging in and you are in a neighborhood, um, this is something that's going to be really real that you really need to think about. So uh, let's go ahead and jump right into this one. Latrine building off the grid. Off-grid living, well, that's the considered luxurious life for us split-shift preppers, and for a good reason, too. We don't even need to begin to go into the great details here. They are absolute givens this day and age. In our darkest closets and crevices of our psyche, a few of us may even semi-hope for a grid failure, though that thought will dissipate quite rapidly once you put together that many, many human beings would be fated with doom where an any such thing to happen at this very moment in time. Today we will discuss about waste disposal and latrine building. Onto less morbid things, though just as serious and somewhat problematic. Deciding or by no choice of yours to live off the grid comes with its dilemmas and predicaments, such as sanitation or hunting for food. One major thought that comes into mind is that of human waste management. At first, a seemingly daunting, let alone smelly task that can actually be pretty uncomplicated with the proper prepping. Once you are in the grate out there, you will be completely detached from the city or town sewage system. Goodbye seemingly endless showers and surefire flushes, unless you had Taco Bell. Nope, that may not flush. Thank goodness your new off-the-grid diet is kicking in. Probably the last thought on your mind, but not something you'll want to disregard for long. Not that you could for long. Nature is nature. This discussion is not only for those who choose to live off the grid, but also for anyone prepping for a human-caused grid failure. Once set up and maintained, off-grid waste management becomes a thing of second nature. Logically, the first place to start will be the make-do latrines. Believe it or not, this is the fun part especially if you tend to enjoy a good, fun project and building with your own two hands. From extremely temporary and mobile privies to fully stationary latrines with moon-shaped cutouts for natural lighting, there are several options when it comes to hooking up your camp or home base with totally workable self-sewage setups. The Weekend Traveler A plastic 5-gallon bucket will do you great wonders on a fishing or hunting trip, camping trip, or grid-down emergency. To maximize the comfort of the five-gallon throne, a simple remedy came into existence a few years ago. Take a pull float noodle. That's right, the one you can blow water through and use as an uncomparable water gun. Cut it to fit the circle that makes up the top of the bucket. Then cut a straight line down one side into the center opening. Now simply slide it over the rim of the barrel and there you have it. One sits on that one sit on that bad boy and you'll never squat on a camping trip again. You can cut the bottom out and place it over holes that you dig with intentions of burying it or you can line it with heavy duty bags and change it out periodically. While either way is not necessarily better than the other, it is extremely important to be wary of how and where you bury the contents. You definitely do not want to bury them near your water source or your main camp where the most cooking and resting occurs. What about the old-fashioned outhouse? Also known as a pit latrine, which sounds way cool, an outhouse is basically a deep hole with a floor slab over it, with a circular hole cut out for a squat or seated toilet and a shelter around it. There are, of course, a handful of safety measures to follow while using and attempting to build a latrine. 
First of all, never dig a latrine uphill from any water source. At a minimum, a latrine should be two yards above the water table, and that includes the flood table as well. It should be at least 50 yards away from the water source. The outhouse and latrine hole should be sealed off when not in use. At minimum, the pit should be dug to 5 feet with a width of around 4 feet. Consider the fact that this thing will be used day and night, winter and summer. Therefore, the elements will play a major role in your comfort. Try not to build the latrine pit too far from the living quarters if you can help it. One simple factor to bear in mind for you smokers is that fact that while human waste is breaking down, it is yielding an explosive gas, and you thought it was bad when it came out. This gas is called methane, and yes, it will explode. While lime, hay, peat moss, and a few other organic materials can help reduce the smell and the flies produced by the latrine pit, never attempt to clear up the smell by dumping household cleaning chemicals into the abyss. This will quickly cause a chemical reaction, and you definitely do not want to find out what all that entails. What about a dry humanure toilet? Also known as a composting toilet, a dry toilet is not the same as an outhouse. A composting toilet is the best way to take waste and turn it into an asset. A humanure toilet will take your waste, dry materials such as sawdust, leaves, or wood ash, and compost it with straw at great heat to kill off any pathogens. The assembly of a compost toilet can be as simple as balancing a toilet seat over a 5-gallon bucket or handcrafting a wonderful piece of woodworked art. Using a humanure toilet is just as easy as any toilet you have ever flushed. Be sure that there's a few inches of cover material or sawdust works the best in the bucket. Rather than flushing gallon upon gallon down the drain, simply cover all the waste with ample amounts of the cover material. Wood ashes, crushed leaves, and peat moss will all work just fine as a cover material. When the bucket is full, simply take it out to your outdoor compost bin. While building up your compost in the outdoor bin, be sure to use a good amount of straw. This will help you to keep your carbon nitrogen levels in check. Allow the compost to cure for a year, and if you plan on using the compost on your garden or any sort of edibles, make sure that for at least a whole week it reaches a temperature of 122 degrees. This is to ensure that any potential pathogens will be destroyed. Another cool fact about a composting toilet is that fact that the use of toilet paper, if that is an available option, can actually be extremely good for the entire process. It will help offset the liquids and speed up the composting process. Ah, I forgot, forgotten one thing, and surely you are stricken with dread and dismay at the very thought already, the smell. Well, have no fear, for I can personally assure you that so long as you use the right cover materials, the smell simply doesn't exist. Your bathroom, nor any other part of the house, will smell like human waste. Keep in mind, too, many liquids in the mix will begin to cause curious smells to arise. So, guys, I'm just going to let you know that if you're trying this, you need to get a lot more information than just this here for the humanort uh, toilet. Uh, there is a lot of information out there on the Internet. There's a lot of people that believe in this. But uh, the composting part, you really need to... Um, make sure that you get that right if you're going to use that compost because if you don't kill off the pathogens then all that stuff will be in uh you know in the food that you grow and it'll leach into all of that and so you really need to be careful and like i said get a little bit more information on that so keeping it all clean 
Toilet paper, splinterless toilet paper. Yes, that is what they would have claimed to you had you asked about this paper before the turn of 1800s. The fact that toilet paper wasn't really popularized until or semi-recent years should be of some comfort to you. This means that for an unfathomable amount of time before, there was obviously other wiping proficiencies. The ancient Romans used sea sponges while ancient Americans used animal pelts. Early American pioneers used newspapers and catalogs as well as corn cobs. Just imagine that for a moment. One of the best ways to wipe is to collect green sagebrush, store it in an airtight container to soften it, and leave it by the toilet. A plus to this technique is the unique and sweet smell of the sage as well as, as, well as its natural oil-like content. Moss is another natural remedy, though, that may well be considered truly roughing it. Using square cutouts of cloth will also do the trick. Sure, it will require a few extra steps and some time to keep that technique up. It is almost always worth the soft, smooth, and gentle way it leaves your rump clean. At times, it can feel more comfortable than a big, fat roll of Charmin. Using a mini spray bottle in conjunction with a cloth square will surely give you the comforting feel of a French suite restroom equipped with a bidet. Between the comfort and the saving of money, you may just never want to go back to a crummy old toilet paper again. All right, so I got I got to tell you, this is one of the reasons why I always talk about toilet paper, and I'm like, man, this is one of the this is one of the things that you'll miss if if toilet paper is not something that you can ever buy, you're gonna miss it. So, man, just stock up on <laughs> just stock up on toilet paper, man. All right. So summarizing, I, I I know people are like, Todd, you talk about toilet paper too much, but think about it. I mean, my mind has gone there, right? It's like, you know, if the poop hit the fan, literally, what what are you going to do? Right? I mean, there's some things, but come on, uh, stocking toilet paper right now is, man, it's, it really would be worth its weight in gold. All right. So summarizing, let me move on here. Uh, the best thing about an off-grid setup with your toilet is the fact that you will be helping the world out by being less of an impact on the environment. No more wasting gallon upon gallon of water. I know you've seen those tear-jerking commercials of parched people of other countries. No more impacting nature by use of municipal sewage usage, among many other cutbacks. We leave a sort of metaphorical footprint behind with every decision, choice, and action we make. It is the ecological impression that we each make upon the natural world, be it for good or ill will. Leaving behind the old ways of the toilet and picking up an even older mythology for latrine use, we can drastically reduce our environmental impression on our beautiful world, not to mention by use of humanor, give back to the very things that sustain us to begin with. All right, so I'm signing off. Time to wipe with sage leaves, of course. Stay sharp, preppers. So, you know, this article takes into account that you are, you know, you are out in the country when when the poop hits the fan. And so, again, one of the things that I really want people to think about is what is going to happen if you're in a neighborhood. I know I've talked about this many, many times. If you are in a neighborhood and the sewage system, you know, it's going to back up eventually. Um, the, the, The treatment plants are going to the waste treatment plants are going to stop working. And, uh, you know, it's going to back up. And when it backs up, it's going to back up into your home. And then your home is going to be, uh, you're not going to be able to live in there because it's going to be nasty. Not only is, you know, your uh, waste going to be coming back up through the the sewage system, but everybody else's is going to be backed up as well. And so uh, you're going to get all of that. 
So, uh, you know, I've talked about that before where you could use, um, you know, like a, um, a way to stop up the, the, the line, the sewer line that comes, that goes from your house to the sewer, but you could stop it up to where nothing could come from the sewer back into your home. Um, but then you are effectively taking out your toilet and your sewer system, right? And so you would have to do something. And if you're in a, a neighborhood, you know, suburbia, like uh, a lot of people, you know, where are you going to go? And so that's, that's the thing, because eventually, you know, it is going to start leaching into the surroundings, everybody using the restroom just out in their backyards or whatever. So that is one of the real things to consider and to think about. I know uh, that's something that a lot of people don't want to, but uh, that's something I guess my mind just goes there. But uh, anyway, so uh, I'll, I'll leave it. <laughs> I'll leave it there. And uh, maybe you'll want to do some more research on that. Uh, that's at PreppersWill.com. And uh, you can go link to this article as well uh, as the, the one that I've already uh, talked about over at Backdoor Survival. All right, guys. So um, thanks so much for hanging out with me on episode 340. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Head on over to theprepperwebsitepodcast.com. We have a ton of ways for you to subscribe to the show. And uh, that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes. And with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.